Let's face it, hiring help is not easy these days. Let Zentegra Staffing help you find the right person for the right job. Head over to Zentegra.com forward slash Zentegra Staffing to find out more and let us staff your people needs. Welcome to another Citrix Session with your host, Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton, your source for all things Citrix. Hello, welcome everyone. I'm Andy Whiteside. I'm your host for today's The Citrix Session podcast. Um, Today we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic for me and I'm going to learn a lot because this is not something I know a whole lot about. Uh, of course, I've got with me Bill Sutton, the Director of Services at Zintegra. Bill, how's it going? Going well, Andy, and I would echo what you just said. I'm hoping to learn something myself, as this is not a subject I know much about either. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'd, um, I'll go ahead and uh, add a little bit more color to that. I've, um, I read a blog one time where somebody had a conversation about um, about uh, Kubernetes, and they said they knew less about it. It was an hour-long presentation they went through. And they felt like they knew less about it after the presentation than they knew before they started. And, uh, that's kind of how I've been feeling about the topic as well. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll straighten that out here today. Yeah. And learn how that fits into the Citrix world. The uh, the topic of the uh, the blog that we're reviewing from April first is Citrix ADC for Kubernetes scaling DNS with CPX as Node Local Cache. So that's uh, we're definitely going to get technical on this one. Uh, we also have with us uh, from the Zintegra side, Chris Doran. Chris. Uh, as of the first of the year, I uh, started leading our networking practice. Chris has been a long-time consultant at Zintegra and, and has uh, taken over the reins of running our networking practice, which includes a heavy, heavy dose of Citrix networking around ADC as well as SD-WAN. Uh, Chris, welcome. Thank you very much. Excited to be here. Chris, this is your, uh, your first podcast with us, right? I was in uh, when we had the exploit. I hopped in one to chat about it a little bit too, but yes, one, one and a half here. Well, I'll try to make sure we keep you uh, in the loop on all the networking related ones uh, because obviously you'll add a, a bit of color to that, that that Bill and I are lacking. So I'll try to do a better job of getting you involved going forward. Thank you. And then from the uh, the Citrix team, we have the author of the blog, Raga. Raga, how's it going? Going on good. And uh, your title is uh, Principal Software Engineer at Citrix. And uh, Raga, you want to give us just a little background on your uh, your Citrix story? Uh, yes. Uh, hi, I'm Raga, uh, working in traffic management team, and uh, I'm with Citrix for the past uh, 15 years. So um, I mainly work on LB, GSLB, and uh, the surrounding areas. No, yeah. So obviously the uh, GSLB is going to tie right into our DNS store we're going to talk about here, right? That's correct. All right. Well, welcome. I know you've got a team of folks with you. Do you want to introduce them now or you want to just kind of call on them as we start going through this? Yes. Uh, in the call, I have uh, Vinay who actually developed this uh, feature uh, with me. And uh, from the product management, we have uh, Gomal and Miko. And uh, our chief architect of Cloud Native, we have Chiradeep as well. Okay, great. Hey, maybe we should start by giving us your 30-second uh, your 30 30 second description of what Kubernetes is all about. 
Okay, so so can you make me the presenter? Well, uh, I have a presentation. Well, no, I, I really just want like a 30 second explanation of what Kubernetes is. We, we're going to focus on the blog, right? We're going to go through the blog, but we probably should help some of our listeners understand what Kubernetes is. Um, and they can't see this, right? It's, a, it's an audio blog, so they won't see the presentation. Okay. So basically, Kubernetes is uh, mainly a container management platform. Uh, which ha which is widely deployed across enterprises and uh, it helps enables faster deployment of applications and also it helps in scaling the applications uh, in a smoother fashion. So I, I think one of the ways I look at Kubernetes and containerization, right, it's, it's like having a well, in your case, maybe a cricket team, but in here, um, you know, a, a football team, uh, and each, you know, each person has a role that they by themselves could go do that. Uh, and in the case of Kubernetes and containers, we've gotten to a world where, you know, we're just having a kicking competition and all we got to do is kick. So, you know, in this case, like we're going to talk about here, maybe there's a, a DNS need that maybe we just have a DNS role that's being played by a service. Uh, and we don't have to have the entire team. Is that, uh, does that make sense to you that that makes a, a, a fair description of what Kubernetes is? Yeah. Okay, great. Bill, Bill did, that, uh, did, did my Andyism I just used make sense to you? It absolutely did. Of course, I was thinking, that, thinking of a different type of sport, but uh, you know, that's just my preference. So, same difference. I think the thing I like about my analogies or metaphor, whatever that one was, you literally could have just a kicking competition and not need the rest of the team if that's all you wanted to do was have a, a competition around kicking. Correct. I agree. Which, at this point in time, with so little sports on, maybe that would be a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, Chris, anything else you want to add before we start jumping into the blog? No, I'd love to hear it. I, I haven't read through the whole the whole blog myself, but yes, to reinforce what you're stating, the Kubernetes world, the, the more you investigate in it, the more you can feel like you're at a loss and trying to play catch up with some of the terms and, and services that we can conduct on it. So looking forward to this. So Raga, do you want to uh, maybe go through the, the introduction section here and, and tell us what you're covering? Yes. So... So I'll just start off and uh, so in general, whenever an application is being uh, moved from a monolithic architecture to a microservice, so there will be a lot of surprises in uh, during this transition. And uh, one of the key elements of a microservice architecture is the service discovery. And uh, DNS is one of the common uh, ways of uh, performing the service discovery. The service discovery includes the, includes uh, actually discovering the IP address of the microservice that you're trying to communicate with. So now uh, in the monolithic architecture, what used to be an, uh, a process in, and on a virtual machine now it's categorized as a microservice and it needs to be accessed through a service discovery that is a DNS. So now every such communication between the microservice will result in a call to DNS. As a result of this, uh, there will be a steep increase in 
in the DNS in the call to DNS function as compared to monolithic architecture. So, and this would be one of the earlier earliest challenges that one would face during their transition from uh, a monolithic to microservice architecture. And uh, the problem would be more pronounced as the application scales. That is when I say scale where the number of uh, containers of a microservices increases scale up as part of the auto scale function. So, so, so in this case, you're saying that a, a new a new application as a, that's part of a microservice is going to generate net new activity that's going to impact the traditional, let's say, DNS in this case. And so, being able to provide DNS as part of that microservice, that's really what our angle is. Is, is that a fair synopsis? I mean, currently, the DNS is by default provided by the Kubernetes platform. So we are just uh, uh, trying to augment it by providing a layer of cache. I'll just come to that. So the DNS is by default provided by Kubernetes. That's uh, in the latest uh, Kubernetes release, the cool DNS is the default DNS implementation that gets comes uh, baked into the Kubernetes uh, platform itself yeah so so what you're doing here then is the adc is providing that uh, more intelligent more efficiently and better that's what we're really talking about then right that's correct cool hey chris thorne any thoughts or comments uh on that uh, as part of the introduction there that was great no yeah, it seems like it'll help a lot yeah. for um for the citrix team are you guys seeing a, a large uptick in using containerization um and that's why the uh, the citrix story around adcs evolving to be part of that miko komal do you want to take that question for chiradeep i'll take it if nobody will yeah no, we are seeing an uptick in containerization in our customer base um, as we have some customers already made a migration in 29, sorry, 2019, some in 2018, uh, and we're seeing more of them happen, uh, happening this year. And we can, we, 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 and this is consistent with what Gartner and other analysts have, have explained to us. Yeah, is this so across I, all verticals of business, or are you seeing it more in financial or healthcare? Uh, maybe you can. I think you've nailed it there, right? So we we see uh, definitely in those two verticals, they've, they're, they've either made, made, they are making the transition in the, in the case of financial, um, some of them already in, in um, levels of production, but it, we're in early stages here. Uh, and this is a long-term transition uh, of which financial and, and healthcare have made the first transition. But there are other places like, um, we're seeing it now in retail, um, for example, uh, and so I expect this, and, and, and uh, utilities, telco. So I expect this will be a, a uh, it will touch all verticals in time. Okay. Yeah, if I may just add to that. So I think it starts with uh, you know everybody want to go want to go faster, and that's usually part of their uh, digital transformation. And so then they look at the best practices from the industry, and they say, well, everybody's moving to microservices. Well, if you say I'm going to do microservices, well, then watch my platform for that. And the de facto platform today is Kubernetes. Mm -hmm. So any industry that's going to the digital transformation, uh, moving to edge, uh, 
is adopting Kubernetes. So it's huge. So guys, you want to jump into the, uh, the how to scale the DNS layer? Yeah, sure. And thanks, Jitadeep Miko, for chipping in. So, actually, a lot of engineering organizations have uh, blogged about this, and even in KubeCon, they had discussed about this, about the issue with uh, scaling the DNS layer. So, and uh, just as an introduction to for guys who don't know about uh, Netscaler or Citrix ADC currently, we have a very strong DNS, our own native DNS implementation, and uh, and which has good performance numbers. So, and uh, this is an attempt to bring in or uh, how to use this performance uh, in the cloud native deployments as well to solve the, some of the existing issues in. Uh, Kubernetes. So, okay, gen, uh, I think we, um, general work, uh, workflow is whenever a microservice tries to access another microservice, it's uh, preceded by a call to DNS server. That's That would be the core DNS in case of uh, Kubernetes. So, and uh, so now uh, what happens is now that in uh, Generally, there will be like uh, hundreds of thousands of microservices in any deployments. So all these uh, thousands of microservices will be will be using uh, will be coming to this uh, core DNS uh, servers to resolve their domain names. So as a result of this, uh, the core DNS gets choked, and uh, due to some uh, inherent issues in uh, the Kubernetes and uh, some of the race conditions that exist currently, it leads to some latencies and some drops. And as a result, the application will be facing uh, timeouts or in general degradation in their quality of service. So in DNS in general, uh, irrespective of whether it is cloud native deployment or otherwise, uh, caching is used predominantly to uh, offload the DNS server from excess load. The same is being used here as well. The concept is the same. And in DNS, each DNS record, the DNS record is an information in DNS. So generally, the most predominantly used DNS record is an address record or a foray record in case of IPv6. So now each such DNS record has uh, a TTL value associated. That is the time to leave value associated with it, which actually tells or dictates as to how much till what time can the cache use the same record to serve its client without accessing the authoritative DNS server. So what we are here, we are doing is... Uh, we are bringing in, we are introducing a layer of cache in between the microservices and the authoritative code DNS server in the Kubernetes platform. So now what happens is whenever a microservice tries to resolve a domain name, it first hits the cache 
and if it is an if the record uh, the record being accessed is already there in the cache it will be served and if if it is a cache miss then only then it will be going to the backend core dns server which is uh, by default provided by the kubernetes platform so now since uh, and these cache server will be placed in each of the node in kubernetes in kubernetes there could be multiple nodes so and uh, the cache the cache will be local to each node as a result the latency will be very less and uh, and as a result most of the requests would be served by from the cache itself as a result even the core dns backend core dns server is offloaded and uh, the load is reduced so this is in just uh, the what we are doing so here in the for cache we are using cpx and uh, this is a very popular design pattern that is being used by the community it's called the node local cache and kubernetes also has this currently so i'll just go i'll come to the differentiators and how citrix adc is better in the latent point of time so currently uh, so we are using this our cpx's dns feature here to augment the dns function in kubernetes so so let me interrupt real quick and i'll let bill and chris jump in if they have a question but the whole goal here is to get the dns the dns name resolution closer to the application so that the application performs better correct that's good okay. bill bill crease either one of you guys uh, have something you you want to comment on here we so, the, so the the cpx microservice is just another microservice within the node right that that the other microservices are communicating with instead of going out to the core dns server or microservice and that's correct it's uh, actually deployed as a daemon set okay there is okay. an entity called daemon set in kubernetes which is actually is where uh, an application instance will be uh, deployed in each of the kubernetes node okay it will be a node specific instance so i say installed as a daemon set okay and guys, is this thing, is it proactively going out to some authoritative DNS and caching the information or it's just caching once it resolves something and keeps that, that resonant? How does that work? Sorry, can you repeat the question? Is it going out and proactively caching what it can get from an authoritative DNS server or is it just recognizing some type of resolution and keeping that in cache or is it doing both? Actually, it's doing both. I'll just cover that uh, as in our as to why Citrix ADC and the proactive DNS cache update as well. Sorry, I'm getting, getting ahead of you. Sorry, I just got curious. Uh, go ahead. Uh, Chidati, do you want to add anything until this point? Um, no, I think that, uh, as you said before, the microservices, um, it just amplifies the amount of chattiness that happens uh, between applications. Uh, ADC, as it turns out, is uh, poised right there uh, to reprise its role as a uh, you know, as a scaling agent, as a uh, as a proxy, and as a as well as the DNS cache. 
Thanks, Jitendra. So, coming to the part as to why Citrix ADC CPX. So, one of the key reasons for going with Citrix ADCs is the performance. And uh, we have done extensive tests and uh, we have given the results of it in the blog as well. And uh, NetScaler or Citrix ADC is very well known for its performance numbers and DNS and HTTP or in general TCP SSL areas. So, and that is actually coming handy even in cloud native platforms as well. So that is the key uh, advantage that the Citrix KDC has. And uh, coming to other features which uh, helps in improving the performance. The one is the proactive DNS cache update. So uh, whenever uh, we get the DNS request from the microservices, for the first time, if, if it is a cache miss, that's the record being queried, if it's not there in the cache, we'll go to the authoritative DNS server and fetch it and cache it. And if, in, uh, if that cached record is uh, frequently accessed, or if it's a hot object, then before it gets expired, we actually proactively go to the backend server or the core DNS server in this case, and fetch the record and keep the DNS record fresh. Uh, updated. So as a result of this, during the time of client's request, we would avoid going to the backend and uh, in turn avoiding that additional latency. And it's it really, in, in a way, we are making sure that most of the times the DNS requests are served from the cache itself. So and this is one of the key advantages. And uh, Thirdly, it's the DNS request switching. What do we mean by request switching? The pipeline DNS requests are very common in DNS. Pipeline DNS requests means where there are multiple DNS requests coming from the same client on the same four tuple. And in case of DNS, in case of Citrix ADC, uh, if, if there's a cache miss, we'll be doing a load balancing at the request level. That is, if there are multiple core DNS server instances, the first request can land on server one, and the second request coming on the same portable can land on server two. As a result, it results in a more even load balancing of the core DNS server as well. So, and it's like improved usage, server usage. And as a result of cache and proactive DNS cache update, there is a reduced DNS latency. And we have a far, far superior numbers for various uh, percentile, num uh, percentile numbers with uh, CPX. So at the 99th percentile latency with CPX as a node local cache, is around uh, 793 microseconds. The same with core DNS is around 9740 microseconds. And uh, similarly, we have uh, superior numbers with uh, 95 and 90th percentile as well. And uh, oh, Raha, can you help me understand what you mean by percentile? I mean, I get the numbers and our listeners can't see the numbers. However, we can walk through them. But when you say 99 percentile, 
So yeah, what it means is 99% of the DNS request that's being served from the served by CPX has seven at max seven ninety three microseconds latency. Whereas with core DNS at max uh, 99% of the requests being served by the core DNS has around 9740 microseconds latency. Chris, Bill, any thoughts here? It's an impressive improvement. Yeah, it's the same thing I was going to say. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing, right? When you're when you're using an application, even if you're just you know for for the common for the layman person, right? When they're browsing the internet and they're and they're blaming their bandwidth or they're blaming whatever they're blaming for why stuff's not running fast, they don't understand. You know, there's a name resolution factor that goes into all this that that can be optimized and should be optimized, but still has to happen. You know, I have people all the time, they complain about their Wi-Fi. I'm like, yeah, it's not your Wi-Fi. Your Wi-Fi is fine. It's, it's all the things that have to happen to get you to where you're going that you have no idea about um, that is the, the real part of this. And it's there's a multi-step process, and you know, DNS is one of them. It's just at my house, all people know is the Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi is the plane for everything. So DNS is a precursor to any application access. Um, if you see the numbers, uh, say uh, if you use the code DNS as the node local cache, it's close to 10 milliseconds, the latency at the 99th percentile. So if you replace it with a CPX, it comes down to around 800 microseconds. So it's almost greater than 90% uh, improvement. So there will be, there are two factors. One is the latency due to DNS and also later on it's the application, the native application also has its own latency. So here we are talking about the latency due to DNS alone. So the latency due to DNS alone could be improved by more than 90% compared to core DNS as node local cache. Yeah. And, and when you're talking, you know, millions and millions and millions of transactions, maybe a second, that's, 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 that's a big, yeah. Now, when you guys look at this in your scaling, is it better to scale up or out with this kind of platform in the, in the size of the instances that you're provisioning? Uh, sorry, can you, was it a question for me? Yes. Uh, uh, can you repeat it? Like I look at the, uh, specifications on the specs of the um, CPX that you were testing with. If you were to add more into that environment, would it be more beneficial or recommended to scale up and assign more resources to that instance, the CPX instance, or would it be more beneficial to add additional nodes to the pools for the caching? Uh, no, in theory, I mean, you can add more uh, CPU to it and uh, there are no issues or no limitations as such, but uh, it's always recommended to keep it lightweight because DNS is just a sub auxiliary function because there are other application instances which would require the major uh, resources. So, I mean, I, since these instances are per node, I don't think so you should be uh, seeing uh, yeah, huge, I mean, huge number of requests which can't be served by uh, a lightweight instance. Okay. 
I mean, if if you see such a scenario, you can increase it, but uh, uh, very unlikely though. We would uh, like to keep this uh, decash layer as light as possible. Okay. Yeah, that answers yeah, my question. Thank you. The sol- that's the beauty of the solution. It's so unobtrusive, almost automatic, and then it just like, you know, supercharges your uh, performance. That's true. But those differences in the time there between core DNS and cache DNS, that that's like a deal breaker in some applications, you know, that's night and day difference in those, that amount of time that we're seeing that's saved by caching. So it's very, very impressive numbers. And another thing I want to highlight is uh, the core DNS here, we are being referenced here in the, the percentile numbers is the core DNS as the cache. Core DNS is all, can also be used as an authoritative server and uh, by default, that is authoritative server that would be used in Kubernetes platform. But here, the numbers are compared against when Core DNS is, uh, is installed as a node local cache, similar to CPX, so that it's, uh, we are comparing apples to apples. So if there is no caching at all, the, the the improvements will be even steeper, but that would be a wrong comparison. So here we are sticking to core DNS as a cache. Hey guys, the, uh, the next section of the article talks about, you know, why, why not a sidecar deployment? What are you guys trying to say there? I think before that, I think Chiradeep had something to say, so. Sure. Yeah, so the uh, the interesting thing about uh, microservices or the inter-microservices communication is that um, these are not like one shot. So you can have, for instance, a front-end uh, service called the uh, shopping cart service. The shopping cart service calls the catalog service. The catalog service calls the, uh, the search service. The search service calls the indexing service. And so a single call coming in from outside the uh, microservices architecture can lead to this amplification of a number of calls. Now, each of these calls is taking a worst case of you know uh, nine milliseconds. You can imagine that the end user experience is going to be terrible. And so, by introducing this cache in between all these microservices, uh, it improves the end user experience a lot. And that's something that Citrix cares about a lot. Yeah, it just builds on the top of it, right? It, it just keeps, right, yeah. just keeps one, one little, you know, extra hop or extra second of latency on top of another, on top of another, especially within an app architecture is, it's going to, uh, you know, culminate in, in, um, in additional latency. All right, guys. Um, so yeah, the uh, section where it says, why not sidecar? What do you, what do you mean by sidecar and, and what are you guys covering here? Yeah, sidecar is one of the deployment strategy that's being used where uh, there will be a proxy attached to each of the application instances or the microservice instance. And some of the functions would be offloaded to the sidecar and uh, like the SSL and uh, 
and other functions like uh, firewall or any such uh, auxiliary functions would be offloaded to the the proxy which comes attached to the application instance and uh, there could be an argument as to hey why can't we have the dns cache as a sidecar deployment that is where uh, in the proxy that comes attached to the application it, it can also act as a dns cache so here when it comes to dns cache uh, the power the i mean the the, the dns cache uh, advantage comes only when the cache is used immensely so if the cache needs to be uh, i mean if if the cache record needs to be used it can't be that it's very unlikely that the same application instance will try to resolve the same domain name multiple times where it would lead to a cache hit but it's very likely that uh, a microservice being accessed it can be, let's say a db or a, a logging server let's say there are like tens of microservices in an uh, kubernetes node if all are trying to log their transaction into a log server and they are trying to resolve this log server's domain name so it's very likely that the first microservice instance which tries to log will resolve try to resolve the domain name and it would be cached in the node local cache and all the other for the subsequent access to this log server by other microservices would be served from the cache itself mm. whereas if you had gone with the sidecar deployment each of these 10 microservices would resolve the dns the domain name of the log server independently and it may not lead to a cache hit so this will help in i mean node local cache will help in consolidating the dns cache and it improves the cache usage and in turn reduces the latency and the uh, other other advantages comes which comes along with the cache applies here as well yeah so you so you're working you're working smart not hard you're also doing something i'm a big fan of which is you know why why go discover for yourself how something works or what the answer is when i can introduce you to somebody you already knows that's correct yeah. hey bill chris any other thoughts on uh on this <laughs> No, I'm I'm good. I, I it's very interesting and like Chris said that's a pretty significant uh, improvement in performance leveraging the CPX uh the CPX architecture. So Citrix team bring us home on the conclusion on why this uh you know this blog is relevant and people in the Kubernetes world the container world should be you know looking at Netscaler to take care of this this piece of the equation. Yeah, so DNS is like the the first thing which uh, any application access uh the before any application access the DNS would be the first function to be performed so it's always better to have this DNS layer with uh, uh reduced latency and reduced timeouts so that you can guarantee a particular quality of service to the application users so by having a node local cache you will be able to reduce the time taken for this dns resolution and also it reduces the number of dns failures which in turn improves the application user experience with your application and uh, this brings in the citrix adc performance advantage to kubernetes 
as well. Right. So, Chiradeep, do you want to add anything else? Um, no, I don't have anything to add. Then I guess the alternative is we just tell everybody in every application code IP addresses, right? Is that <laughs> so guys, I appreciate it. This, this is just another example of where the Citrix ADC solution is adding value and services that most people, you know, historical Citrix folks aren't thinking about beyond, um, you know, gateway ICA type of conversation. There's a, there's a ton of stuff you can do with a Citrix ADC, you know, AKA Netscaler. Uh, and this is just another example of how this platform is going to continue into the future to evolve and to help applications run better and more secure. So guys, uh, I guess with that, exactly. any additional comments before you wrap up? Hi, Andy, this is Komal from the product management team. Uh, I have a question about the podcast. I was uh, going through the podcast so that you have done in the recent past. Uh, I believe uh, this would be the first one for uh, ADC, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. I know we've done SD-WAN. Bill, have we done anything specific around ADC? I swear, I feel like we have to of that by now, but uh, do you remember? I, I don't recall. Um, I would think we would have as well, but uh, I don't recall off the top of my head. I think we obviously did when there was the uh, the exploit that had come out. We oh, yeah. One of those. Yeah. But, uh, I don't yes. think we've done one in terms of uh, product features, but we definitely need to. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm just going through the list of the podcast, and uh, I think for pure ADC use cases, uh, I couldn't find one till uh, till uh, till October 15, 2019. Uh, so. So maybe in this podcast we can have a quick introduction for the for the ADC itself. Would that make sense? Yeah, no, let's let's uh, let's regroup and, and add some more of these into the mix. We, you know, Bill and I are up for doing these multiple times a week. Yeah. Hey, hey guys, but to kind of wrap up this one, um, I guess any additional comments from the Citrix team around this specific blog? And that's all I had. That was very well written. Very good job. Chris, Bill, any additional things you'd want to bring up along this topic? Somewhat specific? Uh, just one more point. Uh, probably uh, the listeners of podcast can look into the our documentation page as to what other features we have along with this offering. So please uh, visit the documentation page as well for detailed uh, write-up on this feature. The link is given in the blog. Great. Okay, great, guys. All right, well, I guess with that, we'll start to, we'll wrap it up. Uh, again, Chris, Bill, any additional comments? Nothing from me. No, sir, not at this time. Thanks, guys, for being here. Hey, Chris, I guess we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up your uh, training series you have going on. Mm -hmm. When's your uh, next uh, ADC training uh, that we're doing online, which is free to anybody who wants to join? Yeah, so we can always go to zintegra.com forward slash events. And on that page, you can see the uh, currently 
solidified and scheduled events that we're having for the ADC platforms. So we're looking at um, we're working on the 21st of next month for the ADC again. So those seats fill up pretty quick. So if you haven't already registered, please uh, go ahead and get that in so we can confirm your seats. Okay, great. And we do those every month. So every month. And we'll do SD WAN on a quarterly basis, cranking up in on June 11th. We'll start those back up. So if you're looking to do more with uh, your Citrix investment or you're looking to make applications perform better, like we've talked about here today, this is that's definitely a great way to, to learn what you can do. So guys, I guess with that, we'll uh, we'll wrap this one up. I appreciate everybody joining. It was, uh, it was very informative for me. It's not an area I spend a lot of time in. However, it is a big part of the Citrix story and a big part of the application story that you know, we're all in it for applications, no matter what we think our job is in IT, it's the application that really, that really at the end of the day matters, the application and its data. That's right. All right. Well, with that, guys, we'll, pre we'll uh, wrap it up. Have a, have a great uh, rest of your week. Hey, thank thank you. you all for being here. Thanks for listening to the Citrix Session with your hosts, Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton. A special thanks to our guests, podcast produced by Pete Downing. Head over to Zentegra.com forward slash podcast to listen to all podcasts in this series.